Well, with me today, I have Karina and Armin from um, Surrey Hills, New South Wales. Now, you guys are very smart people and have a lot of doctorates and do a whole variety of things um, that I don't know about. But um, today, we really want to focus on an area that um, we're all passionate about, and that's something you've called Neighbourhood Matters. Um, so anyway, welcome today to... Um, Good to be here, Letitia. Yeah. Today, um, Facebook. And we were actually going to have Karina speak last year at Movement Day, I believe, but something happened. I think yeah. I'm sick or... Yeah. But um, it's been good to connect with you in the past um, and then now together today. Um, so maybe just start off a bit. Um, just, Karina, I know I've heard a bit of your story. You actually moved into Surrey Hills um, a while ago to plant a Baptist church, was it? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. a bit of the story and what led you there and what happened? So I was leading a church um, <coughs> in the suburbs and um, really enjoying that, but I felt God was calling me out of uh, pastoring a church and looking after the people inside a church and st to start thinking about the neighbourhood. Um, and so I thought, oh, you know, where is God calling me to? And for some reason, I was just drawn to the inner city. And I did some prayer walks around the different villages in the inner city. In um, Sydney, we've got 10 different villages. So I walked around the different ones. And I felt um, just God, that God was doing something in Surrey Hills. And I just felt very connected to this space. And so um, as I prayed, I just said, God, just open up any doors, any opportunities that are here. And um, he did. I was able to move in fairly quickly. Actually, it was quite quite odd because this is a hard area to get into. Mm. Um, and so I moved in and had full intention of planting a church. So the whole idea was to you know, start up a church. It was more missional. It was more outward oriented. And um, God very clearly said to me, don't do that yet. I don't want you to do that. Uh, all I want you to do is get to know this neighbourhood and to love the people in this mm. neighbourhood. And so as a result, I just um, went into the public spaces, the different cafes, uh, the neighbourhood centre, the places where people gather mm -hmm. and just got to know people um, and asked the simple question, how can I help? What can I do here? I've just moved into the neighbourhood and I just want to connect with people here and I want to help. What's, what's going on in the neighbourhood? I started asking those questions and having chats, some casual chats with people in cafes and then maybe more formal conversations with, you know, um, people who work at the neighbourhood centre and asking them what, what are the needs here. Um, and as a result, I've built up all of these connections and, and real friendships uh, as well. Um, got to know people in the neighbourhood and really felt like God was at work in the neighbourhood. And as a pastor, my question had always been... God, what are you up to in the church? Yeah. But now I was asking, God, what are you up to in the neighbourhood? Yeah. Um, and so it was quite a shift for me. Yeah, no, huge. So you you didn't plant your church in the end? No, no. I mean, that might still happen, um, but, but we would like it to happen in a Indigenous sort of organic way. Yeah. Um, so first of all, getting to know the people here and then from there, seeing what emerges. Mm -hmm. uh, rather than entering a new space, not knowing much about it and starting something up quickly. Um, so that, that might still happen, but um, we just want to make sure we're working with the people in this neighbourhood to do that. Yeah. Do you have a story of um, just what's happened, you know, from your relationship building and, and your opportunity to, to share and speak to people that you've met? Um, well, often people will ask me, um, why am I doing this? Why do I care? Um, 
what's the reason behind what I'm doing? And that's when I've actually got an opportunity to share with them a little bit about what I believe. Um, I talk to them about my values. So I start mm -hmm. at Broadway talking about kindness and goodness and peace and justice and building relationships and how, um, you know, how important it is to have a resilient neighbourhood. Our council here, the City of Sydney, always talks about having a resilient neighbourhood. Yeah. And so I start talking about that and then get down to my personal story, which is my encounter with Jesus and how that impacts uh, and shapes my values. Um, and so people are really interested in that because I'm not preaching to them. Um, they know I'm not trying to convert them, but I'm just sharing who I am. And there's opportunity for them to share who they are and what their values are. And we actually often get into quite um, deep spiritual conversations yeah. because we start talking about these broad values and talking about you know what's the meaning of life what, what are we doing here um, so th there's a lot of conversations like that once you have relationship with people and you have that trust and mm. they trust you and your friends and they know you're not trying to you don't have another agenda you're just mm. really loving them and loving the people in the neighborhood and caring for the neighborhood yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea isn't it um, I know myself and my dad had coffee with both of you, was that last year? Mm -hmm. We came away with a, a sense of that you know your neighbourhood, you love your neighbourhood, and I know you have a passion around the theology of place, and um, that can be a new thought for people, um, that there's a theology around place. Can you speak more into that? Can you share about that? The, the idea is that place is not just a space in which we live. Mm -hmm. It's not just a place where... Uh, we live, go to work and see people. It actually has a character. It has almost a personality. And that God, when he created humans, Adam and Eve, he put them in a place which was called Eden and said to them, tend this place. Mm. And we have our own Eden that we're placed in. Yeah. Um, they may not be as pristine and clean as, as the Garden of Eden, but they are our place and then we've asked, we're asked by God to tend to those places, to nurture them, mm -hmm. to pray for them, to bring God's peace to that, those places. And of course, you know, we may move around, we're not always in the same place, but wherever we find ourselves, we make home, we mm. make that home mm. and we help others to find home. Mm. Um, and I think for me, that's what place is all about in a, in a theological sense. Yeah, and often we're talking, um, we see place as a very, we see place more as space. Mm. So it's, it's a very consumeristic way of thinking. Yeah. We just live in this space and we just use it. We, um, we're here, we consume, then we go yeah. out to work, we go to other places and we don't really um, think about how, you know, where we live is actually a place and so place making is, a, is about turning a space into a place mm. um, so what are the stories here um, who are the people here what what um, what messages do the public spaces send to us are they beautiful are they uh, building community uh, are they helpful for people are they building that that resilient community what's what's the architecture like what about the artwork is that expressive of the people who live here you know uh, God is very interested in these tangible things um, as evangelicals, often we tend to get more focused on the spiritual, that is the disembodied stuff. You know, we talk about our souls a lot, 
but mm-hmm. what is interested in our bodies and about the physical stuff around us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all part of the theology of space. And one of the ways that we know how God is at work in a place is through the actual physical environment. Yeah. So we know it's through relationships, of course, which are crucial, but then also the environment. Mm-hmm. We can see what sort of footprint there is of human presence in that environment mm-hmm. and what God has been doing. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you and you've summed it up really well in such a short time. And Karina, you bring this out um, a lot more in your book, Urban Spirituality, which I read last year and just love and highly recommend. Um, it's just a brilliant book um, on that. And I wish we had more time, but we, we want to go and talk about neighborhood matters. Is that something that you guys have recently started and, and, and what is it all about? Mm, we came into our marriage knowing that we both had a similar heart and that mm-hmm. is for relationships, for connection, but also for being placed locally and for honouring our local space and being involved in local community. Uh, I came, just sorry, I moved here 14 months ago when we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was previous to that involved in um, public housing estates, so just coming alongside people in public housing and Karina was here for the pre, you know, a few years before that. And for us, Neighbourhood Matters emerged out of our common heart to not only be the neighbourhood, but also help others in the church um, think about what it means to be involved in their neighbourhood, mm-hmm. to bring God's presence or to be God's presence, I should say, in the neighbourhood, and to help others see the presence of God and the values of the kingdom of God. Mm. in the neighborhood Mm. yeah so we just came up with this little little venture called uh, neighborhood matters Mm -hmm. and so what we do now is um, we just put ourselves out there to churches and other organizations who are interested in sort of reframing the way that they are and do church Um, and so we, we just talk about a shift from an inward perspective towards an outward orientation. And it is that shift uh, of, you know, asking, from asking God, what are you doing in my church to God, what are you doing in the neighbourhood? And valuing that the church is one part of the ecology of the neighbourhood. It's an important part, but it's one part and it's got to work within that ecosystem and listen to what God is doing in, in, in that space. And so, um, yeah, we're really enjoying it. I bet. No, um, I bet it's great. So what, I mean, what would some of the practical things you're encouraging people to do? I know you ran a webinar recently. So in that, what are you training and encouraging Christians and churches? Yeah, well, especially at this time, uh, during this time of pandemic, we believe God is uh, creating an opportunity for the church to be reframed. Hmm. Uh, it's a time where we feel that we should be listening to God. It's a Kairos moment, you know, it's opportune time. And so um, it's not time to just soldier on as usual. It's actually time to stop and to listen to God. And so um, there's a lot of people just asking questions at the moment. So we put on a webinar just um, around practical tips for neighbouring at this time of pandemic. What can we do, particularly if, you know, we're supposed to be um, physically distancing from one another, then how how do we neighbour in this time? We put together some resources as well called Practicing Neighbouring in a Time of Coronavirus. So it's very focused on this time. And we've identified things like grief. People are feeling bereaved at this time, a loss. 
we identify hope, people also looking for something new, and we also look at transformation and community. What will the new normal look like? Um, what do we want to take from this time into the new space? And what do we want to leave behind? Mm. Um, because we believe God is calling us to reorient and look outwards, but at the same time look inwards as well mm. um, because God does very deep work, a deep work in us during these liminal spaces, mm. those in-between spaces where we're not what we once were and we're not quite what we're supposed to be. Mm. So it's this disorienting liminal in-between space and the spirit can really work in that time. And so um, it's, it's really good to actually stop um, at this time and we're sort of a bit concerned that churches aren't stopping at this time where we're producing a lot which is totally understandable I was a pastor mm. and I would have just been at it right now and just producing resources for my church and but it's also a time to stop and say God what's the inner chaos inside of me that needs to change um, so I can take this into the, the new space we're going into yeah, we talk a lot um, in Movement Day about seeing a new church for the new world. Um, and I don't think anyone knows how to get there or what that looks like. But again, we have a great opportunity. You know, from your point of view, what do you think the new world um, looks like? The new church for a new world? Yeah, it's a huge question. It's a good one. It's one question that a lot of people are asking and pastors, especially when we talk with them, are asking, well, you know, what, what, what can we see for the future? What can we take into the future? And I think it's, it's awesome um, that people are asking this question. Um, I would want to see a church that steps outside of itself, that isn't so much about self-preservation. How, how do we keep our services going? How do we keep, keep ourselves going? You know, and, and instead, um, the church begins to infiltrate in all parts of society, the workspaces, the neighbourhoods, um, universities, schools, art, the creative spaces and the environment, you know. Mm -hmm. We don't see those things as a tangent. Yeah. Um, and instead we see them as a crucial part of the gospel, mm -hmm. that we're gospel workers and we are on about the renewal of all creation. So I hope that our sense of the gospel expands. Yeah. Yeah, and my hope too is that we see ourselves as being missional wherever we are. Yeah. So we see our everyday lives as being part of that mandate, that gospel mandate, mm. and which I know we talk a lot about in churches and we believe that, but how do we actually equip people to be that? And this is a good time to equip people. Absolutely. And carrying over into whatever the future holds. A lot of what you're talking about just reminds me of the Jeremiah 29 scripture where God says, you know, you're not going anywhere. You're in Babylon. Put your roots down. Plant your gardens, you know. Yeah. Environment. <laughs> marry. Have children and um, get involved in your neighbourhood. Um, yeah, that's right. It's, uh, it's all in the Bible, isn't it? Um, yeah. But so yeah. We've gotten so church-focused. And so um, I think this is great. And I'm seeing a lot of Christians just connecting in with their, um, their neighbours, meeting their neighbours for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because suddenly there's time. Um, just before we end off, I know you've started something called Adopt the Business. Um, is that in your area um, of Surrey Hills? So, yeah, I think, again, that's another really practical way we can bless our city. Mm. You're done there. Yeah, it's easy to think in terms of... Um, you know, cooking dinners for neighbours, helping them out if they're in trouble. But it's also important to think about, think ahead. So 
if the business, if the cafe owner across the road loses his business, he ends up needing the help that we're offering later on. Mm-hmm. So instead of, instead of you know, um, catching it downstream, let's go upstream and say, let's support his business. Let's buy an omelette a week. Let's suggest to others that they also buy some food or drink from him. And uh, so that's what we did. We went across the road to the cafe owner and we said, we've got an idea. We live in a block of flats. Uh, we'd like to promote your business in our building. And he was all for it. So he's now put um, flies in our mailboxes and yeah. set up a membership card for this building only. Okay. Um, and I'm sure he'll expand it after that, but, uh, but it, it's worked. So yeah. it's a way of helping people to stay afloat and also to build relationships and just get to know our neighbour. Mm. And it's a, small, it's a small thing, you know, um, adoptive business sounds quite grand, but, but it's really just looking and seeing what's happening in, in front of you mm. and um, just walking up to the person and saying, how can we help? Um, and being supportive. So, it, you know, we want to emphasize to people at this time, it's just small steps that yeah. are needed. Um, so it was something at our doorstep. It was starting small and it was uh, just keeping it simple. Mm. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's great. It's so nice to be just returning to simple things. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. We agree. Yeah. We can't run programs or go to meetings, so we've just got to do simple things. And yeah, that's right. It's working. I know I've just... Um, got on the phone to a bunch of organisations in our city and said, how can we help? Um, and, and the minute you ask the question, it just builds a bridge, doesn't it? And yeah. Relationship and, and everyone yeah. has needs. And that's such an important thing to do, to work out what's already happening yes. in your city or in your um, suburb and say, how can we help? Mm. Uh, it's great to start up new projects, but as Christians, we are often the hosts, aren't we? But instead, you know, how, how can we actually work with what people are already doing mm. and say, well, you know, this is already happening in my suburb. Um, what can we do to help? Yeah, absolutely. No, the opportunity is endless. And so now we're free from all these church meetings to go to. We can <laughs> in our communities. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. It's good. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Greatly appreciate it. And um, could talk to you for hours, but, um, how long people like to listen for either <laughs> but, um, hopefully we might get to chat more down the future because there's um, a lot to learn from you so thank you so much that would be great. great thank you Letitia thanks so much it's nice